Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Great. Thanks, Chris, very much indeed. So in a, a few moments, Claire's going to come and uh, uh, introduce to us the theme of uh, this three-week journey together, all around the Lord's Prayer, teach us uh, to pray, and uh, each week we'll be looking at it from um, different perspectives. But before we uh, launch into the theme, I just want to answer the question that I promised I would answer uh, last week, uh, and that's this question. Why does God want fasting to be part of my life. Maybe most of us here wish that he wouldn't want fasting to be part of our lives. But fasting, just like praying, just like hymn singing, just like feasting, just like so many other things that are in the Bible, is just there from the beginning to the end. That The New Testament just kind of assumes that the believers will fast and um that, that assumption is just running right through the whole of the scriptures. So why does God want fasting to be part of my life? We're going to use um, the hashtag Burlington, no, Daniel Fast 18 uh, over these next three weeks. Uh, can I encourage you to use that hashtag in all kinds of different places? Lots of people at this time of year are doing something like fasting. If, you've, if you're a member of a gym, this time of year is a real pain, isn't it? Because a bunch of no-hopers have turned up for a couple of weeks, and then by mid-January it all disappeared again. Um, that's what happens in the typical gym. And uh, Sorry if you're one of those new no-hopers that have just turned up at, at, at a gym. Be more encouraged to keep going than just, to, uh, just a few weeks into uh, January. But lots of people are talking about changing their lives, changing their diet, doing something different, and uh, it raises a profile in, in, uh, in social media that becomes a background for conversations that we will have with people because we are doing doing this ultimately for a spiritual purpose and for a spiritual reason, which takes it to a whole new level indeed. Wouldn't you agree? Good. Right. Fasting. Here we go. Number one, helps me hear God speak. Fasting helps reduce the noise. If you're in a room that's busy, you will not hear the ticking clock. But when the room is silent and you're trying to sleep, the ticking clock is very annoying. It's not that only in that moment did the ticking clock tick. It's always been ticking, but the noise has silenced it out. The Bible tells us that God is always speaking. If your life is anything like mine, the noise often drowns that voice out. Are you with me? Fasting is one of the ways we reduce the noise. It's a spiritual Dolby system. Cuts out the noise. And let's not get into how it works, but trust the scriptures in what they say that it works. It reduces the noise. And it creates for us, and the reason I I love the Daniel fast, rather than perhaps some of us have done 24-hour fasts or 48-hour fasts, and it's kind of over before you've got into it, this gives us a long period of time to operate in our day-to-day lives with a posture of saying we are open to hearing God speak. And you know that as you walk with a particular posture, it becomes natural, doesn't it? 
Uh, people in my family, the men stand in a particular way. It's become natural for us. Uh, and so we want to develop lives where we are naturally in a posture of hearing God speak. Uh, fasting helps us do that. The second thing that fasting does is it helps me listen not just to God, but also to my heart. You see, the noise also stops me listening or feeling what's going on in my heart. If I feel pain, or I get angry, or I become bitter, or I operate out of unforgiveness, I will shove that painful, hurtful thing down a little bit. And I will shove it down maybe by what I eat, maybe by what I do, overactivity or or a lack of activity, or I will become more um, obsessive about certain behaviors on the road to an addiction. Whatever it is, we, we suppress the noise, the words, the emotions that are in our hearts. So about a week in, you might think, why am I feeling so angry? Why do I keep thinking about so-and-so? That why am, I, why am I just feeling that pain again? And it's not that those emotions have suddenly come back. It's that you've created an environment where you can begin to hear them, to allow them to come to the surface. This is a very precious moment in a fast. When things that you've pushed down begin to surface, because when they surface... God can heal them, God can forgive them, God can rescue them, God can restore you. All that good stuff, you with me? But when the lid's on, it stays there and it festers. So you will think, gosh, I'm really angry because I haven't had a coffee. It's probably not the coffee that you're angry about, really. There's just some anger that's coming to the surface. Why am I so annoyed about so-and-so this week? Well, you probably have been. It's just that you're allowing it to come to the surface. That's a good thing. What will God deal with over these three weeks? Wouldn't it be brilliant? In three weeks' time, we're all walking a bit lighter and a bit taller. Wouldn't you think? (laughs) Thirdly, helps me strengthen my no muscle. We live in a world that says, yes, yes, yes. If you want to, yes. If you feel like you'd like to, yes. It's all yours. Yes, you can have anything you want. You can reach for the... Stars. What a contemporary reflection on S Club 7 in that moment. I'm so with it. You can have it all. No. You find freedom not by saying yes, but by saying no. And there are things in our lives, if you are a typical human being, it will be true of you, that you would really like to say no to, but at the moment you can't quite feel able to say no to it. You with me? I'm not going to ask you to name what that is. Okay? Some of us have got some controlling things that we'd love to be able to say no to, and we just can't. And we're quite overwhelmed and quite depressed about it sometimes that we can't say no. That's not the freedom that Jesus has for us. What we need to do is to stretch our no muscle. And we stretch our no muscle by what athletes do and by what we do in other areas of our lives, by what we call indirect effort. In other words, there's something that I can't say no to at the moment. But if I begin saying no to things I can say no to, I will be stretching my no muscle and my no muscle will get stronger and one day my no muscle will be strong enough to say no to that. Are you with me? Rather than just this. So we, we say no to coffee because we can. 
We say no to meat because we can. We say no to all kinds of things that we enjoy because we can. We say no to wasting our time on Netflix or on social media or whatever because we can in order that our no muscle will get stronger so that in a day coming soon, in the name of Jesus, we'll say no to something we thought we could never say no to. You with me? This is unbelievably exciting. And if those three things don't get you fasting, I'm stuffed. And I don't know what will. We've got some more, just a couple. Helps me take control of my time. You go, no, it doesn't. It doesn't help me do that. Fasting takes all my time because we've got to cook all those meals and buy all that stuff that we've never heard of and we're going into shops we've never been in and ask for ingredients we didn't know existed. All true. In that sense, it takes more time. You've got to prepare more for it. Yet, that whole act of preparing, the whole change in rhythm keeps your level of consciousness up that this is a season for seeking God and his kingdom in your life, in your family, in your workplace, in our church community. And so actually over these three weeks, there will be many more times when we are actively engaged in the reality that we are positioning our lives before God. If you are anything like me, you can rush through the whole of the day and then suddenly towards the end of the stop and go, wow, God was with me, but I never sensed it. I never knew it. But as we go through these days, every time my stomach says, ooh, every time my head goes, ow, every time I reach, oh, no, I'm conscious of his presence because it's all for him. It's to say, I love you, Lord, and I want you to work deeper in my life and in my heart. And finally, as I was saying some moments ago, it helps me develop in community. When we go on a shared adventure, it brings us closer together. If you go on mission with some people, a shared adventure, you get to know those people really well, you make lifelong friends. If you go through an ordeal together, you will become friends and companions with the most unlikely of people. It changes us when we go through things together. This is something for us to go through together that we will come out differently. Because it changes us from the inside out. A few reasons why God wants fasting to be part of our lives. Let's just, uh, let's just stop for a moment before we rush on to our theme. And let's just pray. Let's just listen for a moment to what God's saying to us. And let's just think for a moment about the fast that we're about to undertake. What are you going to fast through January? Why don't you just whisper that to God right now? And for those of us are still undecided, Lord, I pray you bring clarity in these moments. And so, God, we give ourselves to you again afresh. We give January to you again. And, Lord, we ask that through this fast, we hear your voice. We become more aware of your presence. And that you, Lord Jesus, teach us how to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I think we can all agree that Jesus was very, very effective in his ministry and his relationships. He's a 10 out of 10 for me. But what was the key to his effectiveness? What was the key to him being effective in his relationships, uh, effective for the kingdom, effective in the ministry uh, that God had for him? This week on Facebook, I have been bombarded with all kinds of things to make this year better. 
And then on Friday, I drove to the gym and I couldn't park in my space. Because as Simon said, somebody else had taken the one right by the door and I actually had to walk to the gym. I was quite cross. I was told on Facebook that this week I needed to start getting thinner. I needed to change jobs so that I had a better work-life balance. And that I needed to be more organized, not only with my diary, my parenting, but also my cupboards. Now, there may be some truth, especially in the cupboards thing. But none of these things are going to make me more effective in the ministry or the relationships that God has given me. None of these things are going to make me more effective. The thing that is going to make me more effective... And uh, Simon, are you in charge of my slides? Are you going to press forward? That would be great. Right now would be good. The thing that made Jesus effective in all that he did was he knew how to pray. He knew how to pray. And again, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Chris just read it to us. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Throughout the Gospels, we see again and again Jesus praying. And his disciples had spotted that in him. They'd seen that he knew how to pray. And they knew they didn't. When people look at you, what do they learn about your prayer life? That's a really tricky question. I thought about that a lot this week. I often pray in quiet, don't I? Uh, By myself with the door shut. Or I don't talk about my prayer life with other people um, because I think I might be boasting or there might be something that I'm boasting about. God doesn't ask us to share with everybody, but the people who are closest to me, like my kids, what do they learn about the way I pray from what they see in me? That's a really big challenge. The disciples saw Jesus praying and they wanted to learn. They wanted to learn to do the same. So how's your prayer life? Some really respected leader friends of mine put on Facebook the other day uh, that this year for them, they wanted to learn how to pray. And I thought, you guys, you pray really, really well. Why, why are you learning even more this year? It was because they knew that God was still saying to them, keep learning to pray because this is the key to being effective. This is the key to being effective. And so this January, our theme is teach us to pray. And I've got a very simple shape that's going to help us, hopefully, over the coming three weeks to pray well together. All the details are in these booklets. As Simon's already said, if you can download them, please do. But we do have a whole load uh, already printed out that you can take. Liam will have some right at the end stood just here, and we will too. But it's a simple shape that helps us with the Lord's Prayer, to pray this. And the first point of the Lord's Prayer is that we need to learn who the Father is. What is our Father's character? And how do we pray from the knowledge of this? How do we pray? Our Father in heaven, my Abba, my Daddy, my Father, God's character is so rich and so deep that spending time thinking about and praising the characteristics of God is so eye-opening. A few lengths ago, some of us uh, looked at different names of God every single day and prayed and praised uh, about that particular attribute of God. And it was an amazing way to prepare ourselves uh, for celebrating Easter again. 
Some days I feel I call on the comfort of the Father. Some days I feel like I call on the equipping of the Father. Some days I feel like I call on the wisdom of the Father. Some days I just need to know the love of the Father. The Father's character is the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. The second part, though, uh, is something that we pray quite a lot, I think, or maybe it's just me being a kingdom-minded person. The Father's kingdom. Your kingdom come, Simon. Thank you. It's quite nice to boss him around for once. And your Father's kingdom. Your kingdom come. I love this psalm at the moment. It's uh, written on my phone. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. It's really easy to forget who's in charge. When life feels a little bit overwhelming, it's really easy to forget that God is not just my king. He is the king, the king of all. And this psalm reminds me at the beginning of the year that we have a king who is over all. He is the king who created everything and he created his kingdom. And as Christians, we live in his kingdom and we long to see his kingdom come way more on earth. So the second part of the Lord's prayer is your kingdom come. Long to see your kingdom come. The third part of the prayer, though, uh, goes on to talk about the Father's provision. Give us today our daily bread. I love the bit uh, at the end of the reading that Chris read to us. That says, which of your fathers, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? If you've ever given your child the wrong present at Christmas, you'll understand this. I wanted Lego when you gave me a salmon. I mean, that's just not going to happen, is it? God doesn't do that for us. Verse 13, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is the giver of all good things. The third part of the prayer is about the Father's provision for us. Daily, we need to thank him for it. And we also need to ask him for his provision. And we need to become reliant on him for all our needs. And fasting so does that. It so does that. I'm, uh, you know my caffeine addiction is huge. I'm five days free, people. And I'm still standing. Every year I think I'm not going to go back on it. And every year I do. And every year in the first week of the Daniel fast, I'm reminded actually that God should be the first thought of my mind, not that lovely coffee machine sat in my kitchen. God's provision for us. The fourth part of the prayer uh, talks about the Father's forgiveness. What an awesome gift daily forgiveness is. Confessing and accepting the forgiveness of God gives us the key to living a free life. But this prayer takes it one step forward, doesn't it? And says, forgive those who sin against you. Simon alluded to it uh, just a few moments ago, but as we fast, often we have to forgive people who have hurt, uh, been hurt, hurting us in our lives. 
as we begin to recognize what really is stirring in our hearts, God often says it's time to forgive that person and move on. To let another person off the hook, to truly forgive in prayer is costly but so worth it. That's why it's key in this prayer. Father, forgive me, but help me forgive others. The next point, uh, lead us not into temptation. I felt that temptation this week in Costa. Lead us not into temptation. This is about the Father's guidance. And I wonder if you've fasted before um, around wanting um, some kind of guidance about a job or about something that you're asking God about. Often we fast with a purpose, don't we? God, I really long to hear you about this. Really long to hear your words on this. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But over the course of this three weeks, why don't you pray that prayer that says, Lord, I'm leaving that prayer request here, but guide me in your ways. I need to have a blank sheet and say, Lord, guide me, help me know which way to go. I need to know what God's ways are, what his paths are. And then the final side of the hexagon is the Father's protection. The Father's protection. But deliver us from evil. This is found in the Matthew version of uh, the Lord's Prayer. And it ends by saying, deliver us from the evil one. I wonder where your battles are at the moment. I wonder where you're asking for God's protection or who you're asking uh, for protection for, maybe a friend or a family member that you're saying, God, I need to see your protection over their lives. There's so much we could say on this one. But if you think back over to what we were talking about at Christmas, uh, we were talking about joy. Are you still feeling joy-filled, even though the Christmas tree comes down? Yes. Some of you are smiling. This is good. We might have got through a little bit. Okay. <laughs> We talked about joy, and I said on one of the services that one of the mantras we live by is that we fight for joy every single day. And this is part of this for me, the Father's protection. So I could you... Oh, I've put provision. I've written it wrong. The Father's protection is the last one. And uh, part of that for us is about fighting for joy. I love that. This is called no coffee. Thanks. You even spelt it right. It's brilliant. Live. This is better than the link. <laughs> the Father's protection for us is about fighting for joy and claiming that the Lord is our strength and that in him we can have joy. Are you getting really cheeky now? So if we move to the next slide, please, sir. We can't do it now. I'm going to go back to a piece of paper and a pen. Is it coming? It'll come. So the Lord's Prayer is what we're praying uh, through over the course of this fast. And it looks a little bit like this. We're going to ask that you, every single day of the week, take one side of the prayer. So tomorrow morning, Monday morning, day one of the uh, fast, we're going to be thinking about the Father's character. Tuesday, we're going to be thinking about the Father's kingdom. Wednesday, the Father's provision. Thursday, the Father's forgiveness. You get the idea. You'll note there's seven days in the week. What are we going to do on Sunday? Oh, it's a day for reviewing 
and looking back and reflecting on what God has done in the week so that we don't rush into the next week uh, before we've taken hold of what he has said to us in the week. A few of us in the ministry team did this throughout uh, December, praying this every single day. It was hugely inspiring, especially, I know for a lot of us, but for me, as I prayed every single day, uh, focusing on these prayers, it was huge for me. As I spent the Monday really seeking God's character, I found that his character was revealed through the rest of the week in who he was and what he was asking of me. As I prayed for provision, I prayed in a different way than I had before because I felt like God was saying, okay, this is a whole day where you just come before me, recognizing that I provide for all your needs. Uh, I'm really excited for how we're going to use this together over the course of the Daniel fast. So if we can have my final slide. I'm encouraging that you pray one side of the hexagon every single day, and the notes help you do that. The first week is about our relationship with God, so your own personal relationship. Don't rush ahead, start thinking about everybody else under the sun. Spend some really good time just digging into God's word about who he is and your relationship with him. Second week is about praying for others who are Christians and our own churches. So there's notes there to inspire us to pray for each other as churches and as one another. The final week's more about praying for those who aren't Christians yet, praying kingdom prayers, um, and the notes help us again. And even if you're not fasting, why don't you join in with this as a a, a Bible study and praying throughout this month? Um, The material's going to help you do that. You can pray those prayers without fasting. So I'd encourage you to get involved with that. What I'd love us to do before we go to worship and move into communion is with the person next to you, uh, just for a moment, pray the Lord's Prayer over them. So say hi, because that's polite. But then take it in turns. One of you pray the Lord's Prayer over one person and then swap as a way of saying, Lord, speak to me. I'm praying this prayer together with someone here, but I'm going to pray that into January as well. So let's pray for the person next to us for a moment. And so as you come to finish... The Lord's Prayer, as written in Matthew, ends with celebration. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. There's that verse uh, in Matthew that says about the fasters, don't look grumpy. (laughs) Don't look grumpy. Don't put your sackcloth and ashes on and make a fuss of the fact you're preaching. Fast with celebration. Fast knowing whose you are. Fast knowing that you have the joy of the Lord as your strength, fast knowing that God protects you and is your friend. And so as we come to prepare for communion, we're going to sing What a Friend I Have in Jesus, and we're going to sing it loud, and we're going to sing it with joy, because as we fast and as we pray, we will know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's stand together.